0: This is the second to last in our series on prayer. And this morning, I invite you to turn to Psalm 46. We've spent a few weeks in the New Testament. Um, We're going to be in the Old Testament this morning, Psalm 46. We're going to read the whole thing, but we're really going to focus on the last couple of verses. Um, Last week, if you were here, if you weren't, this is maybe the first you're hearing of it. Uh, Last week, we established that prayer is not just a platform for us to speak to God and to pour out our hearts to God, although it is that. We talked about how prayer is also to be seen by God's people as a two-way conversation, This is a two-sided relationship that we are engaging in here. And so last week we established the fact, the reality, that God wants to speak to us as well as hear from us. And so um, we are going to be talking this morning about some of the nuts and bolts of having a posture as believers where we are ready to speak and listen and obey God when he speaks to us. So Psalm 46, there's 11 verses here. We'll start at verse 1. It's on page 885 in your pew Bibles. Um, Words will also be on the screen, but this is what it says. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the most holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob, our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob, Is our fortress. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, as I mentioned, we talked last week about how in prayer, in our prayer and devotional life, not only is that an opportunity to speak to God and to, to pour our hearts out to him, but it is a time uh, to listen as well. It's time to, to hear what God has to say to us. And, you know, I don't know that I have the mechanics of this quite right. People have perhaps different perspectives, but, but I have always thought of a significant part of the Holy Spirit's ministry— Being communicating that wisdom that God wants to impart to us through prayer. And so I'm going to argue this morning right off the bat that being sensitive to the ministry of the Holy Spirit is vitally important to a healthy Christian life. The Holy Spirit pushes us to um, initially accept God's offer of salvation to us. The Holy Spirit assures us that we are are members of God's eternal family once we have received that salvation offered to us in Christ. The Holy Spirit encourages us to grow in grace and faith daily with his part in our sanctification. And the Holy Spirit guides us along the path that God has laid out before us. Now, I want to be honest with you right off the bat here. I try to be honest with you all the time. I don't even know why I say that. (laughs) Let me be honest with you here, okay? But then what I say later, don't worry about it. Okay, I don't know. That's just one of those things that people say. But, you know, I kind of want to put it forth before I say some of the other stuff um, that most of the decisions that we make in a given day are pretty black and white. Would you agree with me? Most of the decisions that we make in a given day are pretty black and white. In most situations, there is a right thing to do, and there is a wrong thing to do. And God's word, uh, thanks be to God, God's word is crystal clear in defining what is right and what is wrong. But we would all agree that there are some decisions that we make, and I would argue that it's enough so that it's on a daily basis. There are enough decisions that we make that are not quite so clear-cut. It's not necessarily a black-and-white issue. It's not necessarily a right-and-wrong issue. We acknowledge that sometimes we are faced with decisions that have perhaps any number of good options. In those situations, though, how do we choose from among all of those good options the one that is best for us? Well, I think that the Holy Spirit not only convicts our hearts about what is right and what is wrong with regard to our decisions, but is also given to us in order to help us to discern what courses of action will most please God the ones that will most please God. However, I think that often, this has been the case in some seasons in my life, when the Holy Spirit tries to get through to us, he gets a busy signal, okay? And this morning I want to suggest a beneficial practice that we find in Psalm 46, a practice to develop So that when God speaks to us through his spirit, we will be able to hear him, okay? I'll also say this, that people who are really interested in hearing from God have to pay a price. They need to discipline themselves to regularly be still before God, This is not an easy task in our fast-paced world. We talked about that a little bit last week. This is not an easy task in our fast-paced worlds, but the results are well worth the effort. Psalm 46, verse 10 again says, be still, that's a command, okay? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, that's an Old Testament command, Some of us feel a little bit disconnected when we read in the Old Testament, the life situation seems so different. But the New Testament usually brings it a lot closer to home. I mean, after all, in the New Testament, we have the birth of the early church. We have the Gospels. We have Jesus Christ himself, who is the fulfillment of all that had come before and is the fulfillment of all that looks back to him. And so let's look at Jesus' example. Jesus developed the discipline of stillness before God in spite of an extremely busy life that he engaged in himself. I mean, (laughs) Jesus in some ways had an even busier life than we do. Crowds followed him wherever he went. Daily he preached and he taught people and he healed people and it was difficult for him to find any time alone to pray. Scripture tells us that he had to get up long before dawn in order to do it. Mark 1 verse 35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And so, (laughs) for Jesus... We can see in Scripture, because of the lengths that he went in order to observe this practice, that times of stillness and solitude were quite important to him. In those times of seclusion, he not only poured out his heart to his heavenly Father, but he earnestly listened to the instruction of his heavenly Father as well. Being a human being, he needed comfort. He needed assurance, he needed affirmation, he needed uh, direction from his heavenly Father. And the continual leadings he received from the Father, uh, I would say, gave purpose to his steps. King David, too, author of many of the Psalms, spent extensive time sitting before the Lord. Prophet Isaiah, before taking on an immensely difficult commission from God, listened to God in his temple. The Apostle Peter went up on the roof to pray, and God spoke to him there. Scripture is full of accounts describing people who intentionally took the time to hear what God had to say, and God delivered, okay? the power of God is available to us when we come to him in solitude as well, when we learn how to focus and how to center our hearts and to be quiet before him. When we learn the discipline of stillness before God, we find that his leadings come to us, perhaps not crystal clear all the time, but with much more clarity than they would without taking those times of discernment. Now, I mentioned this early on in the series that I've made the commitment to spend a, a good chunk of time very early in the morning in a specific place that is that is free from distraction to enjoy the presence of God, to do devotions, to engage in prayer, and then to, you know, I, I guess I would refer to it as meditating, but that's that would... Be my time of just sitting in silence and being sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate. And I want you to know, I don't do this in order to earn merit badges from God. I don't do it just because I'm a pastor. I don't expect uh, any brownie points for my spiritual habits. I just decided to make that commitment because I was tired of living an unexamined life. I was just tired of life going by so fast that I could, could have barely keep up, barely process what was going on as it happened. mean, it became obvious at one point, especially, especially after having kids and them getting to a certain point that the, the pace of my life totally outstripped my ability to analyze it. It exhausted me to be constantly doing and rarely to stand back and reflect on what it was that I was doing. And even now, I'm not saying I do any of this perfectly. I still struggle. There's still weeks where, you know, <laughs> I wish I could spend a little bit more time just sitting in stillness. But even now, I worry sometimes that I'm pouring myself out doing good things, but that, that perhaps God has some great things that he would prefer I was paying attention to. You ever wonder about that? I know most of you I mean you guys are engaged in wonderful wonderful things acts of service using your gifts do you ever wonder do you ever wonder if amidst all of those good things that you're spending your time and energy on there's a best thing that you might be missing that's my worry however by engaging in the practice of stillness I can honestly say that I feel more clarity and more direction in the decisions that I do have to make. We said it last week, but nobody, nobody can become an authentic Christian and live an authentic Christian life with just purely a steady diet of activity. Scripture tells us That spiritual power comes out of stillness. That strength, spiritual strength, comes out of solitude. Decisions that change the entire course of your life for the better can't come from within yourself. They have to come from outside, right? Total depravity. Oftentimes they come in times of stillness before God. Be still and know that I am God. Now as you think about this, as you think about how exactly you're going to incorporate the practice or the discipline of stillness in your life, I don't want you to get bogged down in too many restrictions. And I don't even really want to give you a specific method to follow. I want to encourage you to find the way that works best to you. I don't care what time of day it is. I don't really care about what the location is. I just want you to carve out a little bit of time a little bit of time to pray and then be still before God, being sensitive to what he wants to tell you and how he wants to guide you in this season, at this moment in your life. I mean, I want you to kind of custom design an approach that will, that will help you um, slow down your racing mind and body, something that will soften your heart and make it receptive. I, in other words, I want you to Put yourself in a position where you are ready and willing to hear the still small voice of God. And then, when you are centered and focused in that posture, invite Him to speak to you. More than once in this season of life that I'm in right now, I have sensed God saying, Hey, hey, trust me, I'm faithful. I know what's best for you. I know what's best for your family. I know what's best for my church, my, being his. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. You don't have to put all that on your shoulders. You know, other times God wants to teach me something about my character. Oh, go figure. I really thought I had it pretty well figured out. The fact is, when I ask God to speak into the character and the the life and the integrity that I'm trying to live, uh, honestly, he almost always has something to say, okay? Because there's always edges on me that need to be smoothed over. And It's in those times of silence that God reveals those to me. It's in those times of silence where God kind of confronts me with, hey, remember that conversation that you had two days ago? You remember what you said? Have you considered how the other person took what you said? And and perhaps you should take an opportunity to clear that up. That's the type of thing that God shows me in those times of stillness. Sometimes in those times of stillness, uh, God um, tells me what next steps should be with regard to my family, with with Jenny and Maria and Kate and with with aging parents and, and different changing needs that they have. God is ready and willing to give me a lot of direction in this area, usually to serve them more, to serve them better. Sometimes it's, you know, what what does God have to say pertaining to my goals in ministry? it's, It's not my agenda that should be the one that's leading this church. It's really, it's not even the council's agenda that should be leading this church. We need to discern what God's agenda is and how can anybody discern what God's agenda is if nobody is spending time in stillness and inviting God to speak into that. I mean, that brings up another thing. I have no idea, I honestly have no idea how people in ministry survive in ministry without regularly spending time in quiet, inviting God to speak. I mean, for myself, most creative ideas for like services and then and messages and, and changes in programming, that sort of thing, come from my daily devotional time in prayer. Depending on your situation, you might ask God, what are the next steps for me in my vocation? What should my dating relationship or my marriage relationship look like? What direction should it go? Um, What should I do to best support and encourage my children? Maybe it's how should I further my education or uh, how should I strategize in the best way um, my giving, the giving of my time and resources and energies. Whatever you ask the Lord, I am confident that you will be amazed at the extent to which he is willing to lead. Once you are quiet and still before him, waiting to hear him speak, God will guide you through your thoughts and feelings, which, let's face it, are so often at odds with each other because all of us want a bunch of different things. In times of quiet and stillness, God can help you navigate all that and get to what he is actually telling you about the direction that. He has laid out before you in your life. And you know, it's kind of an aside thing. But as you build those times of quiet and stillness before God into your life, I think that you will start to value them more and more and more. That it will be a welcome break from the pace that so many of us have taken on in our lives. The messages that God provides, I'm sure, will be perfectly suited to your individual needs because God is that big and he knows that much. But I guess back to the central truth that I want to communicate this morning. It's this, that God wants to speak his blessing and his wisdom into your life. I believe that God still makes his will known to his people in ways beyond simply the pages of scripture, and I am willing, I am willing to obey God's will as revealed to me by the Holy Spirit. But that said, because if you're listening carefully, that statement, I hope, made you a little bit uncomfortable, okay? I hope that statement made you a little bit uncomfortable, because I said that God makes his will known to us beyond the pages of scripture, and that I am ready to hear and to obey what the Holy Spirit has to say to me. Now, I stand by that statement, but perhaps it needs a little bit of clarification, because scripture itself tells us that there are other spirits loose in this world as well. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1 says, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons in ephesians 6 paul reminds us that there's a war going on in this universe it's a longer passage but it's familiar i'm going to read it paul says finally be strong in the lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of god so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith which you can ex- by which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints." Yes, there is a war being waged on the spiritual battlefield that is our minds. As God leads his people for their benefit and for his glory, Satan does everything in his power to undo God's work and to undermine his activity in our lives, including the still small voice that he provides for us to give us leading. So how can we be sure that a leading truly is from God? This is what it comes down to, actually, and I want to suggest three criteria by which to test the leadings that you receive. First, all leadings that come from God are consistent with his word, the Bible. And so the surest way to test the source of a leading is to check it against Scripture. If a leading goes against the Bible, it is obviously from an unholy spirit, and so I advise you to dismiss it immediately. But now it gets interesting. If a leading is not contrary to Scripture, a second criterion is this. God's leadings are usually consistent with the person that he made you to be. Now, some people, some Christians, believe that that God creates a person with, with certain gifts, but then expects that person to excel in totally unrelated fields. I don't think that's true at all. Never forget that our God is very, very purposeful. To be sure... He loves to stretch our abilities and and expand our potential, and that often involves leading us along uh, previously unexplored or untraveled paths. But that does not mean that he ignores our gifts and our inherent interests. After all, God is the one who gave those to you in the first place so that we could serve him more effectively. Instead, he strengthens our natural abilities and builds on them. So if you sense a leading that seems completely contrary to who God made you to be, I would advise you to test it very carefully. I'm not saying it's absolutely wrong. Maybe there are some gifts you've never explored, but test it very carefully. Is God asking you to do this difficult thing because there's simply no one else that you're aware of that will do it? Is God asking you to stretch into new areas of life so that your unique gifts will grow? Or is this perhaps not a God-inspired leading at all, but rather a distraction from the tasks that God has laid out for you to do? So that's second. Third and finally, God's leadings usually involve servanthood. God's leadings usually involve servanthood. I find that a lot of counterfeit leadings are pretty easy to discern because they are self-promoting or self-serving, okay? Over the years, I've found that if... A leading promises easy money or fame or perks or toys that I had better watch out. Brothers and sisters, prosperity has ruined more people than servanthood or adversity ever will. On the other hand, I can usually sense that a specific leading is from the Holy Spirit when it calls me to humble myself to serve or encourage someone else or to give something of value away. Now, not every leading from God is going to involve pain and sacrifice, but, but if I were you, I would expect that quite often God's leadings will involve difficult decisions that, that let's face it, are going to test the limits of your faith. Many of God's leadings will will require you to choose between being comfortable and building a godly character. Many of God's leadings will require you to choose between amassing material wealth or seeking first the kingdom of God. Many of God's leadings will require you to choose between being a winner in the eyes of the world or being a winner in God's eyes. So if a leading promise is overnight health, or money, or comfort, or happiness, just be cautious. And consider this, God led his son, Jesus Christ, to a cross, and yet, that cross ultimately proved to be the gateway to freedom and forgiveness for every repentant sinner in the entire world throughout all of history. And in Scripture, God also asks us as followers of Jesus to carry a cross. And paradoxically, in carrying that cross, we find direction, liberty, joy, and fulfillment always following our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray.